Hello and welcome to Profiles in Risk. This is your host, Tony Kainis. And today I have with me a double whammy of actuarial awesomeness. Uh, I am pretty sure those words have never been uttered in, in, in a row. Uh, <laughs> so today, today I have with, with me uh, Chelsea Adler and Dominic Lee, uh, who in, in my mind, and again, I'm not an actuary. So, so this could be different for people who are actually actuaries in my mind, are the two young faces of the actuarial profession today. So, and that's why I invited you guys on the show. So, so uh, Chelsea and Dominique, thank you so much for, for joining me today. How's it going? Great, thanks so much for having us. Great, Tony, thank you for, thank you for the invitation. Awesome, awesome. And, and normally I have only one guest and we break the, the ice by chatting about the weather in your different locations, <laughs> but we, 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 we'll skip that piece for now. Uh, uh, Chelsea is in Ohio, uh, and right now it's middle of August. So you might be having like the one week of nice weather in the whole year right now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no kidding. It's like fall is the greatest season here and it lasts like two seconds. You go straight from summer into snow. So I'm definitely trying to soak up all the fall weather I can. <laughs> okay. Awesome. 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 I used to live this in, in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I, I've lived there three times and, and the last couple of times we moved away because of weather. And I think we finally learned the lesson and we're staying in, in Atlanta. Uh, uh, and, and we, and we still have family in Columbus and, and we have like a strict rule not to visit outside of like June through September with the exception of Christmas. Um, That's fair. <laughs> so, 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 uh, I, I'll I'll let I'll let each of you int introduce yourselves because I don't even know where where, where, where to start. Like I I love what you guys are doing separately in in, in the actuarial space. Uh, I love the brand of the Maverick Actuary. I I, I love the I love Chelsea's YouTube channel, uh, inspiring actuaries. Right, is, is that is the brand? Okay, awesome. So so I'll let each of you introduce yourselves. So so uh, Chelsea, we'll start with you. Okay. Um, well, hello for those who have not met me. My name is Chelsea Adler, and I currently am an actuary at a startup insurance company called Root, uh, based in Columbus, Ohio, as we talked about before. Um, so at a very high level, um, why I started Inspiring Actuaries is because I genuinely think being an actuary is one of the coolest jobs out there. And it blows my mind that so few people even know it exists. And so I really just kind of wanted to get the word out. And hopefully someday when I'm introducing myself at a party, someone will look at me with a puzzled look when I tell them what I do. And, and they might actually think it's really cool. And so I first and foremost, just want to get the word out about being an actuary and the many doors it can open. And then I would also just love to help equip people to pursue it if that is something that they're interested in. Um, so that is why I launched Inspiring Actuaries. And as you mentioned, I have a YouTube channel. Um, I use a couple of the different platforms like Instagram and LinkedIn and pretty recently just jumped into this scary world of TikTok. So really just wanting to share with people about how um, you know, you can do really cool things with math. <laughs> we, we'll want to know more about the TED Talk for sure. For, for sure. Uh, so, so, so I will include the the link to both your your, your LinkedIn and the the YouTube channel. So the YouTube channel has very quickly grown to about five hundred and fifty five subscribers. Uh, so, uh, listeners, 
uh, <laughs> click on the link, click subscribe, uh, help her get to a thousand, uh, which opens up some extra opportunities for the channel. Uh, so right now there are uh, one, two, three, four, five, uh, I think eight videos on it. Uh, but the, the production quality of, of your videos is, is fantastic. Uh, Thank so, you. So uh, Dominique, uh, your, your turn. Yeah, so hi everyone. My name is Dominic Lee. Like Chelsea, I'm an actuary. I'm an associate at a casualty actuarial society. So I'm on the property and casualty side like Chelsea. Uh, my background, I started off very traditional, worked for a large carrier, large primary carrier, went through the leadership program, did classical roles in pricing, reserving, and specialty, did a few other roles. Um, and then recently, within the past couple of years, transitioned to, soft, to the software world. So I work, in today's world, I work at SaaS and the risk solution space. And we're focused on um, selling technology to insurance clients. So I, I, I work on the pre-sales side. I do things that actuaries would typically not do in their jobs. I work on customer demos, do a lot of presentation, focus very heavily on business value with the with the goal of helping the organization to maximize software revenue. So um, that's in terms of my formal job. So last year I started Maverick Actuary and that's taking up a lot of my time today. Maverick Actuary is a content community. We're on all the 12 major social platforms and my website's coming out in a couple of weeks. And the overarching goal is to help quant professionals maximize impact and value. It was born out of the pandemic where I noticed that actuaries, in my opinion, never had, we had the most consequential risk management challenge of our time. And actuaries really weren't playing a consequential role in the decision-making. And that, that led me to do the, the textile talk last year and then start the Maverick Actuary is a continuation of that. Um, so it's very, it's very media, it's focused on media story strategy, but we're, yeah, we're very, Heavy on media. I'm trying to follow in Tony's footsteps. I do have a <laughs> an Instagram live series live with the Maverick. We we did episode 16 today. Very proud of the guests that we booked so far, and we have several um, lined up. And I post daily on LinkedIn. I'm number two globally now in in the world in actuaries in, on LinkedIn. I've been on the platform for nine years, so that takes up a lot of my time as well. So that's a little bit about me. So uh, holy. Wow. So I, I'm looking at, at your LinkedIn right now. There are few people in insurance, uh, not even the actual space in insurance that, that have a larger reach than me. Uh, in, in There's a few in insured tech, but traditional insurance, there's few. Mm. And 40,000 followers on, oh, I'm, I'm at 20,000 uh, on, on LinkedIn. That is beyond impressive so use the power wisely uh, young padawan yeah. use the power wisely um, i'm learning that i'm learning that well yeah it's been uh, a fascinating uh, journey and, and 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 i've got to say your content the the linkedin stuff so i i don't really do instagram i'm gonna turn 40 yeah. this year and apparently like <laughs> I, I don't know how to instagram uh, uh i'm a facebook guy and, I, and mostly i'm a linkedin guy uh and youtube uh and your written content on 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 LinkedIn, I absolutely love because it's fairly long form, and I'm a huge fan of long form content. Uh, and it's very often from the heart, and that is very rare in our industry, and mm -hmm. extremely and ridiculously rare in the actuarial space, mm -hmm. right? So 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 I truly 
uh, encourage everyone to to uh, uh, to uh, uh, I, I would say uh, connect with with Dominique on, on, on LinkedIn. But he has so many connections that at this point you probably can only follow him because you, because he can only have <laughs> no no. We haven't gotten to the thirty k max yet. We're okay. we still got some room. <laughs> okay, so, 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 so your, your mix of connections to followers is is pretty healthy. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool. And and uh, so let let's start with the with the TED talks. Uh, since, since you both are, are playing in, 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 in that space or TED style talks, TED, TEDx talks. Uh, so, so I've seen Dominique's and I'll definitely include a note to it. Uh, I've seen one. I think you've done two. Uh, I've done, no, so far one. Okay. So, so yeah. you, your, 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 your TED style talk was mind blowing to me, not only in the content which what I remember, and I, I didn't rewatch it today and my memory is really bad, but what I, I remember the content being all about what the actual profession should, could look like, not right. what it will look like. It wasn't a prediction of the future. It was more of a, a redirection towards yeah. where it could go. Uh, and I thought it was an amazing vision, but beyond that, the production quality is ridiculous, <laughs> right? Uh, so, so, uh, and, and I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but, but, but yeah, just talk in Okay, perfect. So, so, so in, in yeah. that case, let's not, let, let's not, let's not waste limited time on, uh, <laughs> on the story of, of, of that, that TED talk for, for the mm -hmm. listeners or the viewers, it's episode 246. I will include the note in the show notes. So yeah. definitely go watch that episode with, with Dominique. So, 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 so Chelsea, uh, so you're currently in preparation for a TED talk or for a, for a TEDx style talk or, or what's the story there? I actually have no idea what really even qualifies as like a TED talk. I, I haven't pursued that at all. Okay. Um, but it's funny. I just had somebody reach out to me on, um, LinkedIn yesterday that was asking me about like what programs I offer and like what I want to start, like, you know, selling my content. Yeah. And I was like, you know, at this point in time, I have no aspirations of doing that. Like <laughs> this is really just my passion project. Oh. And I want to give as much free information out to the world as I possibly can. And I'm open to whatever that looks like, whether that is TikTok or YouTube, or maybe a TED talk someday. No, no, but, but, but earlier in the, the conversation, I thought you said you were, you, you were working on a TED talk or, or uh, you oh, said... I said TikTok. TikTok. That makes sense. So, perfect. So, so I, I, I've got to say, so, 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 so I am not in the age range for, for TikTok, right? I, I, I'm going to be, 40. I don't think I am either. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I do have TikTok and I, when it comes to watching content, not really my thing. Uh, when it comes to, to creating content, I've uploaded a little bit, but I can't do 20 seconds, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, yeah, it, yeah. it takes me. Uh, you know, it's a whole Benjamin Franklin thing that where, where uh, you know, uh, I apologize yeah. this letter so long, but I didn't have, I didn't have time. That's me, right? Me normally, I I, I, what I, what I tell people is, is call me about any random insurance topic and I'm happy to talk to you for an hour. But yeah. if yeah. you need a five minute answer, the, the, yeah. the, the, I need weeks to prepare. Yeah, uh, I give, and, I give, I give Chelsea a tremendous amount of credit because like, what I know too, like, I'm a bit more, maybe spread more thinly across platforms. So I haven't spent as much time on TikTok, but 
it, like just doing my first TikTok was super intimidating, you know, because I don't have that yeah. dance personality, whatever it was. Like I did a little bit of that. I didn't go too hard on the dancing, but you know, I was a little bit fun, a little bit light, and it was just it was such a per like a breakthrough for me because I just just exposing that side of myself which I didn't even know existed. So but, like you have to like the, Chelsea will know that the shorter the video is, the harder it is because you're trying to convey something of value within a few seconds. Yeah. And in TikTok, the average view time, I think, is seven seconds, seven to 10 yeah. seconds. So they it's very really fast. <laughs> so so how uh, how do you possibly even say the word actuary uh, in, 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 in a short enough time that it makes sense for a TikTok? Yeah. So I will say, because I was so intimidated by TikTok, I actually did like research on the platform for probably six months before I even launched <laughs> anything because I was just like, okay, I don't understand what people like about this platform or how it all works. And so I was really just trying to understand like, because every platform has a different flavor and just way that people communicate. Absolutely. So I did done tons and tons of research on that um, prior to even trying, um, but I've realized that at least for my platform so far, it's kind of a combination of things that is most effective. And so there's sort of the entertainment side of things. And I've tried to use the exam process and how hard that is. That's something that actuaries can kind of bond over. And so I've kind of tried to use a little bit of humor and just empathy on that side of things to draw people in. And then I pair that with more educational content that's like much shorter format. And I think TikTok actually expanded. You can post up to like a minute video or something like that now. Yeah, um, but, but, but if people yeah. only watch seven seconds. Yeah. I'm sorry. Right? If, if people only watch seven seconds, like. Yeah, uh, that's definitely a challenge. I think, you know, if you're coming to my page, it's because you are actually probably interested in becoming an actuary. So you might stick around a little bit longer. And truth yeah. be told, I, I really think the algorithms on TikTok are very impressive. Like the fact that I, I started from ground zero. I, I don't, didn't even know a single person on TikTok before I launched it. And like just by tagging actuary and being very consistent with my posting schedule, I mean, I've just been blown away with the number of people that it's been able to reach so far. So I think that's kind of the name of the game, like be consistent and also just experiment with what works. Okay. That makes, makes sense. Uh, I, I've uh, grabbed, so, so for, for me, an hour long podcast, no problem. An hour long talking on my own, no problem. Like, like if, 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 if you call me today and you say, Hey, Tony, can you speak? tomorrow at a conference, uh, an hour on millennials, no problem. An hour on recruiting, no problem. An hour on insurance talent, no problem. Like, like, give me a random topic. I can talk an hour about it. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, uh, just before uh, COVID, I think 2019, uh, well, my 10-minute my videos on LinkedIn, they're a lot of work. And, and just, yeah. just, be just before COVID, I got invited mm -hmm. to, to speak at IICF Women in Insurance in Chicago. And... and uh, uh, they gave me 10 minutes. So it was basically a TED talk, right? A and holy crap, like I had months of preparation and the night before I'm in the hotel still trying to get it down to 10 minutes. Uh, yeah. It was the hardest thing I've ever done, basically. Um, yeah. it, it's just, and, and, and then from there to, you know, 20, 20 seconds or one minute, it, it's, it's just yeah. damn near impossible. But, but you know, like, I feel like you have to be true to yourself and your personality because I think I'm like the opposite of you. Like, 
it's not that I can def I could definitely speak for an hour if I wanted to, but I don't really enjoy long form. That's why I don't really use YouTube as much. I Chelsea knows I'm on Insta. Like I've thrown the kitchen sink at Instagram. I don't know if okay. that's, we'll see if that's like a good strategy or not. But that, I, I think it's a fantastic that. strategy. Uh, yeah, so, but I have, yeah. So so your stuff on Instagram, uh, what what length do you go for? My my long term goal on Instagram is to do between to have ninety percent of the content be between thirty to forty five seconds, but I have different. It depends. It depends on the type of content. I have a very broad range. I have everything from Q and A story. So I do Q and A story maybe biweekly, so people can go on story, ask me a question, and within twenty four hours I answer it and I archive it. So you have I have archives for a year. So if you're a new actor, you can come in, see the answers to my questions. That's awesome. I have, That's awesome. I have memes because as Chelsea mentioned, you know, people are in entertainment mode on these apps. Yep. So I have almost a hundred memes to date. Those are usually, of course, like, you know, between maybe 10 to 20 seconds, very short. Yep. Those probably do the best because people's attention spans are short. I do Tom real- has some really, really good actuarial memes. <laughs> uh, and and the, 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 the live stuff, you mentioned earlier, Maverick yeah. uh, Actuary Live. So, so tell me yeah. about the live stuff. Yeah, so live, so then now, just quickly, I was going to mention reels, kind of like some funny videos, mm -hmm. just kind of connecting on contextual humor. And then on the live weekly, I'm, in, I'm interviewing experts. So similar idea to Profiles and Risk. Uh, those are but 30 live. minutes, <laughs> but, li but live, which is, which is really interesting. You have I'm, to have the personality for that because I, things can go wrong and things have gone wrong. So I've learned from them and I'm, but I, I, I'm kind of yeah. terrified of life. It's, it's really weird. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm the yeah. same way. I just get so yeah. uh, it's weird because like if you're at a conference speaking, I'm totally fine with that. Exactly. But, exactly. but like live events where technology can fail freaks me out. I, I, I'm the I, exact I, 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 same way. Tony, do you know Robin Robin's story? She's a massive hit on LinkedIn. She has like almost a million followers. She's an I, HR lady. Uh, probably the name sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, she has viral yeah. HR content every day, and she was get my guest on episode two. Oh, and, wow. uh, and my um, <laughs> my biggest goal was to get her on the live because yeah. she she had Instagram set to stalk her daughter, but yeah, she, she didn't she, use she, it very regularly. And she I know how busy she is, so I sent her a document explaining it, and I, and I knew she wasn't going to read it because she just doesn't have the time. So when the live started, she actually called me during the live to say, "Hey, I'm on Instagram and I don't see you." I'm like, "Oh, you actually have to press the." So it was this whole thing, and since then, over time, I've created an instructional document. Every time there have been errors, like sometimes people log on from the web version versus the mobile. So I've had a couple of those, maybe in the first three or four episodes, but we're in a good place now. But yeah. but to be honest, like I just I love the thrill of the not knowing of the unknown. Like I'm, maybe I'm just weird, you know. I I like that 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 exhilarating feeling. For an actuary, look for 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 any insurance professional, you're weird. For an actuary. Yeah. <laughs> There are simply no words <laughs> to how much of a, of, of, of a, uh, of an outlier you are. Okay. Well, actuary, right? <laughs> I have to ask Dom, would you consider yourself an extrovert? Uh, what, sorry. I uh, want an extrovert. Yeah. Well, that's a very good, that's a very good question because on Myers-Briggs, I do score as an ISTJ, which is like the most traditional. Okay. The mo yeah. An ISTJ in particular, that's the most traditional score for like a regular insurance person. So Okay. If you look at my Myers-Briggs, you would think I'm just like a regular behind-the-screens actuary. I will say I think I'm an introvert because while I'm really good at networking and socializing, I do actually get have like a little bit of anxiety. Like like even at IABA recently, I went to IABA and I yeah, go ahead, sorry. So so uh, ahead. sorry for interrupting. But the, the the definition psychologically, 
of extroverts yeah. and introverts. Yeah. It's super simple. Extroverts, when they have the, the social stuff, yeah. uh, they, they get charged up. I, I, I'm, I, I'm a classic. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to go to insure to connect here in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll sleep like four hours a night. The, the last night, I didn't even get a hotel room for the last night because I know that I, that, that, that I won't make it to my, to my yeah. room. I'll, I'll be able right, to take right. it back, right? Uh, just before yeah. taking my 6 a.m. flight. Uh, and, and basically, like in my normal life, I go to bed at 8 p.m. Uh, at, at, at conferences. I, I go to bed at 3 a.m. and I'm the first person yeah. at breakfast. And I get to my room and I'm so charged up, I can't sleep, right? Textbook wow. extrovert. I get charged up by, by introverts can like introverts can be great salespeople, for example, but yeah. when they get to the room, they collapse, right? Basically the, like, like the social stuff takes energy away from you instead of giving yeah. it to you. And, and there's yeah. people who are so, in the middle. Yeah, I would say I'm in the middle because I definitely am not intimidated by the social stuff. There is just something about like when I go somewhere, whether it's a conference or, any, or I just want to know that I know one or two people who I can kind of whether when you kind of hang out with or no I can just always be talking to one or two people like the idea of me just like standing in a room by myself because I don't know anyone well not know anyone but you know know anyone to speak to is kind of that's the part that gives me a bit of anxiety so it's kind of strange like I am somewhere in the middle like like once I'm in a room of a lot of people I know I'm great but if I go into a room and I know no one it's just like and and people are not as social then it can kind of be tricky for me but I don't know so I guess I'm somewhere in the middle so Chelsea do you consider yourself an introvert Oh yeah. I'm a huge introvert. Like what you just described right there. I am a hundred percent drained by social interaction. That doesn't mean I don't love it. Like uh-huh. I really do put a lot of effort towards investing in relationships, but yeah, it's, I would say I'm kind of similar to what you described Dom and like social situations often stress me out and it takes a lot of like energy and like hyping myself up for those types of things just because it's not my comfort zone so i I, i'm going to guess that if we have a bunch more actuaries than normal watch this episode because of you two um a lot of them are going to be introverts so for the listeners uh the best recommendation i've heard for introverts is read the book quiet by susan kane Hmm. and it'll teach you all of the strategies to help you be successful and, and literally like, like the subtitle of the book is like how, how to survive and thrive in, 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 in a world that won't shut up uh, and, and it'll help you uh, do so much better without it eating you alive when, mm. when it comes to, to, to how to deal with, with a business world that rewards extroverts, right? And yeah. the, the actuarial work, if I'm not mistaken, the, the work itself rewards heads down introverted people yeah but to some degree okay fair, well, fair, fair enough uh <laughs> one thing I, I can tell you from my perspective as a, as a recruiter uh the difference b- b- between a hundred and fifty thousand dollar a year actuary and a four hundred thousand or five hundred thousand dollar a year actuary is not which one is fcas or acas mm-hmm. It's not okay. how good they are as an actuary. It's how good, how well they can communicate with the business side. Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah, so yeah. anything you can do to improve your networking abilities and to improve your presentation abilities is going to pay yeah. off tenfold. It's, it's very, it's very tricky. The more and more we talk, and I actually saw Ted Global talk about introverts and 
how people assume that they can't contribute because of whatever their tendencies are. But as you're mentioning that, no, like I, I have essentially built my career on the things you mentioned, on networking, on mm -hmm. communicating yeah. and on presenting. So I don't know. It's like one, one minute I'm an introvert, one minute I'm an extrovert. I don't know. I really don't know where the, I There am. is such a thing as, as an ambivert that's kind of in the middle because like a lot of things in life, it, it's, it, it, it's on a spectrum. It, it's yeah. not... A, a it's not binary it's it's it's, it's a spectrum sure. right uh so so i sent you guys a, a few questions ahead yeah. of time uh, so for, for the listeners uh so so tony is extremely disorganized and, and uh <laughs> episode 350 of the podcast went live today i've done this a lot uh right it, it, so i don't need any prep uh, like, like normally i i i i my average uh my average interview on the podcast is with an InsurTech founder. And two minutes before I get online, I open them up on LinkedIn. I open up their website and we, we start recording and I don't, I have no idea what, what, what their InsurTech does. I'm learning about it as the, as the recording is learning about it. Right. Uh, so a, a couple of weeks ago, I get a message for, for, from Dominique asking for a list of questions. So I go, I'm out of, I, I write them down because I figure he's an actuary. He needs some, some structure, right? Uh, and, and, and then like, like a week later, Chelsea uh, messages me for the same. Uh, so, so anyway, so, so let's look at, at the questions that, that, that I sent you guys. So, so the first question, uh, why did you decide to become an actuary? And whoever wants to take it first can go ahead. Ladies first. All right. So... The, the first thing that really drew me to the profession was my love for math. And I think that's pretty common for a lot of people. Um, but not just that, being able to solve real world problems with math and just seeing the practical applications of that. And then it's funny, we're talking about introverts and extroverts because the other really appealing aspect of the profession for me was that I do think there's this misconception that actuaries are just like, in a dark basement by themselves, crunching numbers all day long. And that just really isn't true. It's very much a combination of individual analysis and you know research, as well as collaborating with others and communicating your results. And I love that combination, especially as an introvert. Like I really like kind of the independent analysis stuff, but I also really enjoy investing in relationships. And so it's it's really cool that you have both of those aspects in the same career. Awesome. Dominique. <laughs> Full disclosure, I think I got into the profession not for all the right reasons. Uh, if I could list <laughs> no yeah, exactly list, list three reasons and in order of descending importance. So most important, least important. The first one was money. As a young, you know, young college student, I wanted to make a lot of money. So in my mind back then, definitely not the case now, is I thought of, of like wealth and money as like how much you earn versus like how you actually earn money. Mm -hmm. So I had a different, a very limited perspective back then. That was the first thing. The second thing was competition. I was an athlete. I think Chelsea, the synchronized swimmer as well, she knows. I was a swimmer. So I had a very competitive mindset and I was very motivated by the exams and the nature of only a few people can pass and I was just like oh I want to be one of those few people that was the second thing and then the third thing which probably should have been the first is I wanted a way to apply math I knew I was good at math but I wanted to apply that in a business context I always saw myself more as a business person versus an academic not to say that that's a negative thing but for me always just wanting to find a way to apply it in a more pragmatic practical setting and 
I like the multidisciplinary blend of, you know, the statistics, finance, econ, everything. So it's, it's very intriguing to me. So those are those are some of the reasons I, okay. I was I so, interested. So thank you for thank you for mentioning money. Because by the way, I, ha I have an echo somewhere. <laughs> okay, I, I think <laughs> I, I think it's gone now. Okay, cool. It's gone. Uh, yeah. The internet was a little slow there. Okay, cool. Uh, so thank you for mentioning money. Uh, so I, I uh, l like Dominique. I, I, I'm a foreigner. I, I was born and raised in Costa Rica. I actually don't remember if you were born and raised in Jamaica or or you just Jamaica. yeah, I was. I was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, when, when, sixteen. Uh, when did you come to the states? When you were sixteen? Sixteen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you came yeah. with, with with your family. No, 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 just me. Oh wow! So you finished high school here, or did you finish high school there? Very yeah, so I, I finished high school here. I went to college for a year, and then I went back to do my undergrad there for three years, and I came back again for my okay. master's then. Okay. Been back a few times, back and forth. Okay, awesome. So, 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 for 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 me as a foreigner, and I'm, I'm I don't want to speak for you, but I'm guessing that it's similar. In Costa Rica, where I'm from, uh, talking about uh, about money and how much you make is not the taboo that it is here in the states. Right, right, it, right, definitely. For, and and I have found that that's the case in most other countries, and, and I think that 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 is a taboo that we should definitely break, uh, be, because I and, and I and I tr no I I was gonna say I try not to get political, but on the podcast I totally do get political. Okay, uh, I I I'm I'm a total Bernie bro, uh, absolute like democratic socialist, uh, and and or social social democrat is a better way to put it. I'm I'm a total social democrat. Uh, I'm all about unions and labor, and, and, and I truly believe that, that uh, and again, I'm speaking for myself, not anybody else, not my two guests uh, or anybody else. Yeah. Maverick is not a political platform, yeah. FYI. Exactly. This is not a political platform. Uh, but I, I totally believe that, that if we don't share data with each other as mm -hmm. workers, and, and ultimately, if you don't own the company, you're a worker, right? Uh, now, Chelsea probably has some equity in Root, right? If you don't own 51% of the, of the company, you're a worker, sure. right? In, in, yeah. in my, in my yeah. opinion, right? Uh, yeah. and, and if we don't share with each other what different jobs pay, uh, we are losing leverage. Yeah. Uh, against our employers who have a lot of power to negotiate with us, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so, so that's why I love breaking that that taboo, and I would love to 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 get to the, to the point eventually where at least internally at, at every comp at every insurance company, everybody's salary is uh, is open, visible to everybody, and I think it would serve as a motivator. It, I think it would serve, do many things, but that's not what we're discussing today. But at the very least, being able to talk about hey. You, you should consider the actuarial sciences because it's not hard. If you can pass the exams, that, that's very hard. Uh, but if you can pass the exams, it's not hard to make six figures, right? I think that we should be very honest about that. Now, yeah. Dominique, you also said it's not all about money. And I agree. The research is very clear that it's not all about money. I myself, uh, if you had met me 10 years ago and you had asked me, uh, Tony, why are you doing all, all of those insurance exams, not actuarial, CPCU exams, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh and and all the all the stuff after cpcu that that, that that you're doing why right and my answer at that time literally was i want to be ceo of nationwide okay today you ask me what do you want to mm -hmm. do i i i never want to be a people leader <laughs> right <laughs> so 
what happened? Well, I got to the point where I was making enough money without mm. having to, to, to become a manager. And I realized that, that it's not what I want to do. Mm. Right. I, I like being an individual contributor. I like selling. I like recruiting. Uh, and I got to the point where somewhere between 80 and a hundred thousand a year. Yeah. It turns out I am not money motivated. Yeah. There's a study that says that I think the study said after $70,000 in marginal utility decreases becomes negligible. The the, the study is, is, is a little bit old. Uh, I think it's, it's from like the late nineties, early 2000s. Yeah. So So add inflation to that. Add inflation and uh, also number of kids, because that has a huge effect on your cost of living. Right. Uh, But after accounting for those things, I 100% agree. And now some people are very money motivated, but many people are not. And the funny thing is, I believe that you you can't even figure out whether you're money motivated until you're making enough money where Mm. you're not worried about money every week. Right. So anyway, that's a huge parenthesis. My apologies for that. But but yes, for those listening, the actuarial space pays really well. And one of my favorite things about the actuarial space is that a lot so so actuaries understand insurance at a level that even cpcus don't and and i I respect that uh but even beyond that failed actuaries quote unquote Mm -hmm. uh, actuaries that start the actuarial exams and don't finish and end up going to other areas of insurance end up making great insurance leaders in other areas Mm -hmm. so so that, I love that about, about the actuarial profession. It, it really is a fantastic yeah. start to your insurance career, whether you love it or not. Yeah. Uh, right. So, so and, and by the way, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and, and, and I, I don't want this to be connected with being a failed actuary because, holy crap, you're definitely not. You even got your FCAS. Uh, but, but Chelsea, if I'm not mistaken, you, you recently made a move to a non-actuarial role, right? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> Yeah, so I think this did come as a surprise to some, um, but this is something I have really been wrestling with and praying about for over a year now. Um, for um, a lot of people that have seen me on social media, I'm very vocal about how much I love being an actuary, and I, I genuinely mean that. I have been very blessed in the experience I've had, but I'm always trying to think about you know, am I still being stretched? Am I still learning? And kind of what you mentioned earlier, I was trying to think like longer term, like where do I ultimately want to be, you know, at the end of my career? And once I figure that out, how do I best position myself to get there? And while I by no means feel like I have that fully figured out, I have always had a heart to be in leadership of some sense at an insurance company. Um, I'm just really passionate about you know, revolutionizing insurance. And I felt as though in the actuarial space, I've had the opportunity to go very deep in kind of a niche area, but there's so many other aspects to insurance that I have had a little exposure to, but by no means am an expert. And it sort of just, this opportunity came out of really nowhere for me about three months ago. Um, And once I learned more about it, I was like, that is exactly what I've been looking for. Um, and so for those who aren't aware, I stepped into a um, state product manager role. Um, and my impression so far is that I went from a role where no one knew what I did to another role where no one knows what I do. So at a very high level, the way this was described to me is you act as though you're kind of like a mini business owner. So 
I'm not only making recommendations on the actuarial stuff, but I now get to make decisions on product design and marketing and finance and all the different aspects of the business. And so um, it's been really exciting to step into. It's still pretty fresh, but I am learning so much. And that was exactly what I was looking for at this stage of my career. Um, it was also a pretty big transition to, you talked about people leadership. I was previously leading a team of like 10 individuals and now I do not have any direct reports. And so that has been, um, you know, refreshing and different and um, bittersweet at the same time. I had an amazing team that I worked with and I still do interact with them, but in a different way. Um, so, so yeah, it's been a good, good change so far. Yeah, I just wanted to, to follow up on that because um, one thing I think for your viewers, Tony, to understand is with the, within the actuarial profession, well, two things. One is the people who go for, and I'm not just saying that because I'm in a non-traditional role, Chelsea certainly is as well, but the people who are very successful as actuaries, whether wherever they go, but who credential or not, they do different roles. They don't just do actuarial. And a reality of the profession, it's it, sometimes it works out well for some. It didn't work out for me as well. Is there are a limited amount of like the true leadership roles where you get compensated really well, like the chief actuary roles, the senior VP. So, you know, like people oftentimes, like I certainly just have to be more creative because I know I was being undervalued in the role I was in. And I know I had more to contribute to the profession. So I think people have to find their own way. So when you think, when, when you think of compensation within the actuarial space, I actually answered a, um, a question on Q&A on Instagram yesterday. They thought, they said, what was what's something that you like about, you think is a selling point for the profession? I said, there's a concept in exam nine. I'm sorry, Chelsea, if I'm going to give you any nightmares here, but a concept <laughs> in exam nine called the sharp ratio. It's an investment concept. Essentially, it measures the reward per unit of risk. And how I think, that's how I think of the actuarial profession. I think it has a high sharp ratio because you make a good amount of money relative to the time that you invest. Well, there's an upfront investment of time with exams, but over the longer term, in terms of your 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 working hours, I know Chelsea's rolling her eyes because she worked at a startup, but for a lot of actuaries, you work in more traditional roles, like in insurance roles, relative to the time you invest and relative to the, the ramifications of the decisions you're making. Most actuaries are not making decisions, life and death, like a surgeon or an OBGYN. So I think that's how I think of the actual profession. It has a high sharp ratio on a risk-adjusted basis that pays well. It's not the highest paying profession. That's how I would think of it. And that's an yeah. important concept yeah. to have. I think that's actually a really fantastic way to think about it. And I, I guess I just want to tack on to the conversation around um, compensation too, that one of the really, really nice things about this profession is there's a lot of public data available for free on how much actuaries make. And I think getting back to your point, Tony, about transparency, that is so empowering. And I just recently in the last year or two um, finally felt like I was in a position to be able to engage in some of those conversations. And now I just want all the more for people to be equipped and feel empowered to do the same because I do think it's so important that you know what you're worth and you're willing to advocate for yourself. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Um, the, the second question that I, that I sent you guys is... Uh, <laughs> What surprised you about working in the, in the actuarial space once you actually started in the actuarial space? So since we started with Chelsea on the last one, Dominique, let's start with you. Yeah, so I think of it in two ways. I, 
positive and constructive. And as I always want to start with a positive. For me, it was I was really impressed by just blown away by the the the, the breadth of the insurance industry. So as we all know, it's a behemoth of a business. Mm-hmm. I started a large company, so personal lines was different from um, commercial insurance. Within commercial insurance, small commercial versus middle versus large account pricing, um, retros, you know, versus specialty. So there's a lot of breadth there in terms of the type of insurance and in, t- in terms of um, the functions as well. You have to understand how they interact, underwriting, claim products. So I was blown away by the, the sheer scope and size and scale of the insurance industry and the opportunities that actuaries had to work within different areas. And fast forward to today, like how I think of it is just like um, taking it a step further in terms of our opportunities to make an impact in the broader risk landscape, not just insurance. Um, because as I always say, if if insurance didn't exist, there would be risk. But if risk didn't exist, there wouldn't be insurance. So I think of risk first and insurance second. Some actuaries disagreed with me on that, but that is fundamental to my philosophy. And I stand by that. Um, now, in terms of the constructives, um, I would say that it was more bureaucratic than I thought. I always knew that you had to take exams mm-hmm. and that was um, something you had to do. But I'll give you an example. Like it was very bureaucratic at the company I was at. Like I, I was on the fast track. My exam career is like a tragedy. But anyhow, the first part of it was actually very good. I came into the company with four exams. I passed the fifth one on the first try. And then I was about to be an associate within like my first year or a year and a half. And then um, I got a five. And being international, they were going to start my green card. So I think they had started it th- assuming I was going to pass exam six. When they saw I got a five instead of a six, they stopped the process. And it didn't continue until seven years, six years later. Regardless of how well I did in my job, you know, I had I had a bad rotation in between, but I did have like more good years and bad years for sure. Mm-hmm. But that that blew me away. Like when you think of like the, how the promotion decisions were made, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I would say it was more they were, they were the promotions and the reward. They were less based on the value added and it was more based on perception of value based on the credentials. So that to me was a disappointing part. You know, I still hold that view today. And that's one of the reasons I probably left the traditional space, because I know once I had an A in front of my name versus an F, my opportunities were limited, regardless of the value I was adding and problems I was solving. So I just had to leave because of that. So that was disappointing, but that's something I noticed. Th- th- thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That that goes exactly to the what I was saying earlier about your LinkedIn posts, feeling like they're from the heart. Uh, yeah. We need so much more of that in our, in our industry. Thank you. Thank you so much Appreciate for sharing it. that. No problem. Uh, Chelsea, uh, what what surprised you about about, about the profession once you actually started? Yeah, I think that the main thing that surprised me right out of the gate is just how gray everything is. You know, at a young age, you're taught that math is black and white, like one plus one is two. And so initially, that's what drew me to math. I was like, oh, I can know for sure that I'm right about something. And while math is very concrete, the real business world is often not. And um, I remember hearing this phrase like, um, you know, use your judgment so many times when I first started my career. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't know anything. I don't have any judgment. And, you know, as you get exposure to your job and learn things over time, you, you develop that judgment. But even at the end of the day, like as actuaries, our recommendations are based on, 
you know, the best judgment and data that we have available at that moment in time. And whenever you're predicting the future, you're going to be wrong to some degree. And you just, you know, our jobs is to minimize that error. And that is, it can be a very uncomfortable place to be in, especially if you're coming from a position of like loving math, because you can be for sure right or wrong. Um, and so that's just something to, to be aware of if you're interested in the career is there's just so much more to it than the black and white map that you I originally assumed. love that comment of use your judgment uh, <laughs> be, because immediately in, in, in my mind, I had this image of, of Chelsea five years ago or however long ago you started insurance. <laughs> And use your judgment. Okay, so you go back to your desk and 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 you start looking in, in the actuarial textbook, uh, looking for where judgment is defined, right? <laughs> or I, I I can I can imagine you them say use your judgment and 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 and, and you go in like I I don't think I'm at that uh, at that exam yet. Uh, which, which exam Where was is that in the textbook? Yeah, which exam covers uh, this particular formula or this particular, uh, uh, I don't know how to, how, to, how to put it, this particular tool set from the actual profession. Yeah. Uh, that really made my day. Okay. So we're running out of time. Uh, and unfortunately, I, I, I do have uh, something else coming up and, and you guys probably do also. Uh, so uh, we won't have time today to, to get to the last question that I sent you guys, which, which was, how do you see the actuarial space changing going forward? And one of the reasons that, that I'm not going into it right now is because I think that that deserves more. So, so basically, I'd love to have you guys back. Uh, we'll, you know, it might be six months before we figure out schedules, but I'd love to have you guys back. Yeah. Uh, and, and basically, I'd love to, 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 to go question three. How do you see the actuarial space changing going forward? And... I will add question four, which is how would you like to see the actuarial space yeah. changing going forward, that, right? I'm, I'm glad that you said that because like <laughs> when I read the question, I said, well, there's two answers for this. There's what do I hope exactly. will happen? So, so, I, hope will happen? <laughs> I, I have no doubt that we can spend 30 to 40 minutes on, on, on that yeah. one uh, so yeah. or, or more. Uh, so, so anyway, uh, thank you both for your time today. This has been even more fun than I thought it would be. Uh, so, so thank you so much. Uh, and and uh, stay on after I hit stop recording uh, for, for, for a quick debrief. Sounds great. And me, me, and, uh, me and Chelsea, I don't know if I can plug this Chelsea, we're, we're going to be on um, a panel for the CAS meeting. So oh, yeah. the duo uh, of Dom and Chelsea will be back soon. So is, is that CAS annual or, or uh, what? It, uh, and, and where and yeah. when is CAS annual this year? It's in Minneapolis. I think it's the 6th. November the 6th and 9th, I think. I yeah, think 6th and the 9th of November. And, and do, do you know the date of your panel? No, Not they yet. haven't determined that yet. Okay. Beautiful. You heard you heard it here first, people. Uh, th 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 thank you so much. And uh, good, good job mentioning that. Thank you. Thanks, Tony.